discerning God's voice. It's God's voice that we need to hear. So let's, let's do this. Uh, let's, let's, let's back it up again into the Garden of Eden. If you've got those same scriptures, guys, you can punch these through. The ones I, some of them I used this morning. And, uh, and then we're going to just nail it at the end. Life is a never-ending cycle of decisions that can alter the entire direction of our destinies. How liberating it would be if we had access to the eternal compass that would fix the direction of our lives to true north. This comes from um, something that came to me by Twitter, and it's virtually this, it's being in the right place at the right time. I happen to be in the right place at the right time to meet my wife. And then I said, uh, again this morning, I was at the right place at the right time to take a photo of you when the light was right, and you looked so great, and I took a photo of the yellow light on you, and that hangs in my office. Isn't that fantastic? It's good to be in the right place at the right time. And then I talked about I worked in juvenile justice, uh, juvenile offenders, and there was four boys in there that uh, were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Someone got killed, and um, they were just in the wrong place at the right, wrong time. So I'm talking to young people, but I'm talking to everyone tonight, and I'm helping uh, Proverbs 3.6. So I'm going to just quickly, I'm just going to quickly move along through this. Proverbs 3, 6, you haven't got that one, it's okay. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. If you're in the right place at the right time, you'll find favor. You will have favor, green lights all the way. They're seemingly green. When you're out of rhythm of life, it's red lights and tire blows out. And now you've, something hasn't worked out here. And it's just a kerfuffle of, I guess, uh, a comedy of errors. If, you can understand that. Just one thing after another, this day is not good. And what we try and do and what God is trying to get us into is the rhythm of life. We're seemingly you're at the right place at the right time, meeting people that can get you jobs, get you a, a favor, but get you privilege, but get you opportunity. Seemingly, that's how God's worked in my life and has kept me gainfully employed all the days of my life. I was at the right place at the right time and I knew people, found people's and just managed to meet people that got me stuff in life that I needed. Who knows what I mean? And so God's trying to lead us uh, and direct us, but guide us and speak to us. Bottom line, he's trying to speak to us. So let's, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. And in the beginning, it started really well. And you can go to Genesis, Genesis 3, 1 there. Adam and Eve were alone in the garden. And Satan came in, slithering around, and basically he was up to driving a wedge between man and woman, between God. So there's God, he's able to walk in the cool of the garden with, with man, but then Satan comes along, and he provokes uh, the people of God. And he says in Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say... That's a huge, should underline that in your Bibles. It's in Genesis 3.1. That's one of the key statements. Did God really say? Did God really say? Satan knew that if he, that to defeat mankind, he had to separate man from God's voice. So straight up there, straight up, Satan is saying, did God really say not to partake of the tree of good and evil? Did God really say? And so there's, there's a, a provocation there to these wonderful people of God. And then it says in Genesis 3, 5, For God knows that when you eat of, your, eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. 
But they were already like God because the Bible says they were made in the image of God. Who's with me on that? You'll be like God, but hang on, you're made in the image of God. And so who knows people that try and become someone else? And Satan would love to try and direct us in another direction. Bottom line, Satan would love to say to us, did God say that about your life? Did God say that really in the Bible? Does God want you to go to that church? Does God want you to read your Bible? Does God want you to marry this person or do this or be here, be there? Does God? And there's there's this, I guess, provocation from the enemy to, I guess, confuse us sometimes. Then the other thing I like about this, you will be like God if you eat from this tree. That means that you'll... It's almost throwing a contention in there of you're not like God, but if you eat it, you will be like God. But they're already like God. Some people try and become other people to please other people when God has made you to be who you are and be happy with that. You know what I mean? So it, this is, this is a, a great message I find. So we, we see that Adam and Eve lost that voice of God in their life. And it's how the enemy works right now. He tries to suggest to us the direction in our life, in our lives. And so what happens, um, God comes, comes back to the garden and they're, they're hiding now. They're hiding from the voice of God. Do you know anyone who's hiding from the voice of God? You try and invite them to church. You tell them about Jesus. They, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Actually, there's this uh, scripture in Exodus. So I've got to move along now because my time is done really big time. In Exodus, there's Moses, the burning bush experience, Ten Commandments, fire, smoke. And then the people are down here shivering, shaking. They're saying, you, Moses, you go up. You speak to God. You speak to him. We don't want to speak to him. He'll kill us. And I think that's a lie, of this, a lie of Satan again. That people think if they come to church, that, you know, the gospel, the words of God somehow will ruin their life, ruin their fun, ruin their career, ruin what they're doing. The, you know, no, I don't want to hear from God. Don't, I don't want to hear from him. He's going to spoil my fun. But God's not out to spoil your fun. Who believes that? He's out to add life to you. You speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. Exodus 20 verse 19. And you can see already how Satan's plan was working. Man went from speaking with God in the garden to being afraid of his voice. Satan's plan is no different today. Satan's plan is no different today. Mm. He will convince you that if you listen to God, it will kill your relationships, your career and your fun. How many people do you know like this? He will tell you that the word of God will take life from you. And so God's trying to speak to his people all the days right through the Old Testament. He said, that's it, I've had enough. He said, right, you don't want to hear from me. 400 years of silence from Malachi to the New Testament. Matthew 3, 3, one crying in the wilderness. John the Baptist, the prophet, he's crying in the wilderness. He says, there's one coming after me. There's one coming. He's going to be a savior. He's going to be one we can depend on. He's going to be our savior. One crying in the wilderness. And here comes Jesus. He's baptized and a voice from heaven. A voice says, this is my son who I am well pleased. The voice, imagine the devil, he's really upset now. The voice has returned from the garden to planet earth. 
The voice is back. Hasn't been around so so great Garden of Eden, but now the voice is back. In fact, in John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter one, verse one, Jesus is the Word, and the Word become flesh, and the flesh was the Word, and it walked out, and it spoke. When Jesus spoke to the storm, the storm was stilled. Just like the voice in the beginning that created the earth, now the voice of Jesus, who is the Word speaking, the Word is back on the planet, but the Word is in flesh and bone. Do you know what I'm saying? The Word is walking. Forget Transformers. This is phenomenal, man. Whole cities. Jesus. Love it. He is the Word. The Word of God. He speaks to Lazarus. He's dead in a grave. Lazarus come out. He comes out. He can raise the dead, this guy. Phenomenal. He speaks to a fig tree. The fig tree withers. And then the disciples say, how? And then Jesus says to the disciples, if you believe and speak, See, that's why your voice is important. Jesus is saying right there, I'm going to give you power to speak. I'm going to give you privilege to speak. That's why prayer is so so important. I'm going to give you privilege to do. If you do this, I've got to get this scripture. Where is it? Where is it? Say that after me. Matthew 21, 21, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt... Not only can you do what was done to this fig tree, but also you can say to the mountain, go throw yourself into the say, the word, the key word there is say, and it will go. It will be thrown into the sea. Point, it was official. Not only was God's voice active again, but it is also free to work within and through the lives of those who are called upon him. For those who call upon him. That's where we get a bit demonstrative with this church. You notice you've been to this church a few times. We start to declare things over the city, over the coast. Because we honestly believe we have authority to shift some stuff. You know what I mean? We have authority. We've been deputized by the courts of Calvary. We've been anointed. I love this stuff, Luke. I love it. God's voice in your life is needed. Big time. What is God's plan for your life? God sees you as extraordinary. Extraordinary, in fact. Desires to use you in an extraordinary way. He's searching for men and women who dare to believe that they can make a difference. Today, the body of Christ, the church, must open up their spiritual eyes and hear, or ears, and hear and recognize the voice of the Almighty. Do you reckon this could be the last days that God's searching out people to, to, you know, to step up and do extraordinary stuff? I honestly do. I think there's a big, I, I think there's a factor in, in, the, in the church that is compelling people to hear God's voice, step up, and be counted, be included in the mightiest move of God on this entire planet's history in Jesus' name. Who believes that? And I believe God is saying, come on, arise, shine, for the glory of the Lord. The anointing is upon you. In 1 John, uh, help me, chapter 2, verse 2, there, thereabouts, you are anointed. It says there, I, I better get you the scripture, otherwise you might. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. First uh, John 2.20, I was close. 2.20 says, but you are anointed from the Holy One and all you know the truth. 
you know all believers have the anointing to know the truth, to receive grace, to receive the gifts of the Spirit, to receive the fruit, the gifts, but to hear God's voice. Again there, it says there in 1 John 2.20, 2.20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. You have an anointing to hear the truth. And the Bible says in Hebrews that the veil that separates us from God when we're saved, that veil of hostility is removed and we enter into this place where our inner compass that shows us true north hears and discerns God's voice and we can follow God. See how that works? You can live this life 24-7. You can live your life. You just got to be careful in making decisions, be a little bit... um, bit timely but wait and and just say just tilt your ear a little bit to heaven and say is that cool god does that get your nod and he could be saying that's not good that's not good he's gentle you got to hear him out he's not going to come at you and clip you over the ear like some of my old school teachers did they were they were not good days we used to get six whack 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 and then God's gently saying, not good, not good. That's the Holy Spirit, not good. So you've got you to kick back in the Spirit. You've got to kick back, follow the Spirit, discern what God's voice is, what it's saying. You are anointed to hear the truth. Everyone is anointed. Not just Pastor Phil and Ju- uh, Julie and, and Luke and Candace and Garth. You are all anointed to hear God's voice. Even Joel, who got saved last Sunday. Let's give him a hand right there. He's in church again. Guy's on fire. Everyone can hear God's voice. You've got to activate it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say this after me. I activate the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. Say this too. I'll trust that inner voice to discern and to know what God's direction is. I love this. And this will be the last little piece of my, my teaching here. And then I'll pray. God is trying to converse with us, commune with us all the time. We, we as revivalists, we, we talk about seeking God, seeking God, pressing in and seeking God. But you know what? God is really right there all the time, just right there. He's just going, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. He's just so there. And we, we get into this pressing. And we've got to do that to put the flesh in its place and to get the spirit elevated in our life to be able to even know God is here. Some people had to do that tonight. Some people had to reverse, make a shift and put their soul in its right place and get their spirit, your spirit, your body, your soul and your spirit. Your spirit is the part that hears God. Your spirit needs to be given room to hear God. So your spirit can hear God. For yourself. And as you make that decision to say, okay, let's give God a chance. Then, then God, I believe, can do this. A couple of scriptures for you. You ready? Well, a couple of statements first. Long before we talk to God, he talks to us. He calls us into conversation. I love this stuff. Gently but persistently, the Holy Spirit stirs our spirit. He creates a hunger and a thirst for God. Is, do do you, any of you people get hungry and thirsty for God during the week? Do you get like that? You just 
Jules, I just got to go for a walk, man. I, oh, I'm just going to sit out in the veranda. Man, I just, just got to have time out. I've got to have a drink. Just got to have time. It's been a busy day. Uh, look, I'll, I'll be back. Give me about an hour, would you? I'm just going to take my Bible. and You know what I mean? And, and God allows that. It's almost like you get lonely for God. Who gets lonely for God? Who gets lonely? I just go, man, where is he? Where is he in this day? This day, boy, pressure. Some impossibilities I'm facing here. And you get lonely for God. You've got to make time for God. Smith Wigglesworth, if you haven't, people know him. He's a great apostle of faith, legendary guy, rose people from the dead, incredible man of God. He would literally even be having dinner with you and he'd just say, excuse me, I've got to have time out. He would go out of the house and have time with God, just start speaking with God. You see, that's what he was like. This guy was so intuitive with God. He'd just be eating there, he'd stay, and he'd go, sorry guys, I've got to have time out. And he'd be gone for half an hour. People looking around, who's your friend? <laughs> oh. oh, he raises the dead. Oh, okay, that's cool. Let him go for it. Sense of loneliness for God is a gift produced by the Spirit. The ch- this changes the idea that we have to search for God. He is in search for us. Love this. Now, here, here you go, you Bible scholars. Isaiah, Isaiah 65, 24. Listen to how God opens this conversation up. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. It's like he's just there. He's just there, man. He's just waiting. Candace is, you know, she's got to go to school. She's got a big day. And, and God's just there. He's going, yeah, I know you've got stuff on your mind, Candace. It's cool. I'm ready. I'm ready. Just tell me. And he's just hanging around, waiting to eat. She's eating her Wheaties and doing her hair and... Oh, that's right. Yeah, God, I just need you in this day. Yeah, that's right. I've got some answers for this day. I've got some direction. I've got some strength for you. This is what I, this is what I really think we should do. You yeah. cool with that? Yeah, man, I think we should do that. God's always trying to commune with us and converse with us. I love this scripture, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Long, long before we think of praying, God is thinking of us and this uh, typifies that, I guess. I'm nearly done. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Imagine someone like this. Imagine if you knew someone like this coming to your life. Someone like God. God. Knocking at your door one day. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You'd just stand there going, great, wow, this bring it on. Beautiful. Then you will call upon me. and Yeah, I'll call upon you, man. Come and pray for me and I will listen to you. Great, great. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. And I will gather you from the nations and the places where I've banished you, declares the Lord. That means he'll bring you back from the back paddocks of life. Do you know we stray? Anyone strayed through life? You stray away from true north? You say, man, what's down here, man? Hey, check this out. And, man, you end up in some precarious situations, man. Do you know what I mean? You're out in the back paddocks now. You go, man, what are we doing? Especially the girls. I see girls, like, especially if there's a couple of guys and one girl and they're young and they're out and they've driven out somewhere and they're out, you know, the guys are drinking and and the girls just go, what am I doing with these losers? 
what am I doing? What am I doing? What's mum and dad going to say? What, what are you saying, God? What are you saying? God's going, oh my God, we need a miracle here. We need a miracle. It's supposed to be at school or at work. It's supposed to be with a Christian friends or at church. And she's, you know, I see that a lot. I don't know why. I just see it. And I see the bravado of the guys, you know, they're drinking for the first time, they're driving, they've got their cars, yeah, 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 we're big men, we're big men, look at us. And the girls, girls are pretty wise, they're going, no, you're not, you're losers, you're losers, give me some good friends. <laughs> Jeremiah 33, because some of you need to hear from God. And I'm going to finish on time this, uh, this tonight, Garth. I've got five minutes left, buddy. I've, all, I've ruined my, my altar time. And Some of you need wisdom. Okay. Some of you need wisdom. Some of you need answers. Some of you are troubled. Some of you are disconnected. Some of you are disorientated. Do you know what it means to be disorientated? Everyone blind your eyes, wrap something around you and spun you around. And maybe it's one of those games where you've got to stick in there. You've got to wallop the thing. I never played that. I had an uh, underprivileged underprivileged uh, childhood. I'd love to play. But you know, you get disorientated. You don't know what your true north is. But when you get like that, you need to cry out for God. He's right there for you. And he wants to speak to you, wants to direct you, wants to protect you, wants to preserve you, wants to lead you on into the much better life. Do you believe that? Jeremiah 33, 3. This is a classic scripture, a classic scripture because God is so wise. I found this. God is worth, God never makes a mistake. Trust Him on anything He says. Trust Him. If He says, do that, do it. it, it it's going to be right. So Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and searchable things that you do not know. Is there some things that you don't know right now, especially relationally? Some of you guys are wondering where your wife's going to come from, your husband's going to come from, where your finance is going to come from, where your health's going to come from, where your better life's going to come from, where your groove is going to come from, where your destiny is going to come from. Do you ever ask that and you get frustrated coming to church all the time and listening to these preachers that say this and say that? I heard it. It's great. But I want to know. What do you want me to do? I want to know your voice, Lord. And this is the answer, my friends. you got to hear for yourself. Your internal compass must hear God and you must be obedient and you must bow your knee to that compass and say, God, it's true. This is the way. I will walk in it. And I will do what you've asked me to do. And you will be found at the right place at the right time getting blessed, favor, privilege, jobs, better jobs, checks in the mail, wives, one wife, husbands, one husband. If you start looking at your physical, you're an explorer and a sailor. Until the compass was invented... They had to look at their physical markings. Oh, that's right, that mountain there, that, this thing here, that bit of scenery there. Yeah, okay. You can't depend on that as a Christian. You've got to have your eyes open to God, your ears open to God. And you've got to hear the preacher out. And you've got to go to the Bible. And you've got to forget the counterfeit voices. The counterfeit voices are the devil. That's one counterfeit voice. The other voice is your voice, your agenda, your plans. 
His plans are not your plans. His ways are not your ways. Do you know what I'm saying? This is helping someone tonight, I believe. Your friends, good friends, but even if my good friend rang me up tonight and said, I want you to do a conference, say this is a minister friend. He's doing a conference in Sydney. He says, Pastor Phil, I reckon you should be down at this conference Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's going to be a hoot, incredible, powerful. And this guy has influence. I respect him. I honor him. And I say, yeah, it sounds fantastic, man. It's awesome. And, and, And I'm a special guest. It's not going to cost me anything. But even then, I should say, I'll get back to you on that one. I'm going to pray. I'm going to look at the eternal compass because it might be God's will to be down at that conference. It might be God's will I'd be right here, right now, getting blessed of God. And God says, well done, son. Well done. Now you're doing it. Now you're living life. Now you're in the rhythm. There's a rhythm to life. Living by faith. You watch what happens now, Joel. Stuff begins to happen in your life. Because when you got saved, when you got born again, I'm done. When you got saved and born again, your spirit got activated to be connected to God. You have privilege. Now we just got to get your spiritual muscle, your faith, your faith beginning to work itself out. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. How can you tell between the real and the counterfeit? Get around the Bible. Read the Bible. Pray. Get around believers. Get in the house of God. Taste the real stuff. Taste the real thing. Come and see the real thing, come and see the real thing, come and see. There's a feeling there, there's a feeling there, there's a feeling Yeah, once you get the real thing. Don't you love that song? 1969, we carried the little gramophone up to my primary school, me and my four little buddies. We took that single up there and freaked the teacher right out. <laughs> I was all a 12. When you understand the real stuff and the real stuff you get when you're sitting on the beach pondering God. The real stuff you get when you read your Bible. The B-I-B-L-E, amen? The real stuff is you get when you sit in in an atmosphere of his presence just like this. And you go, that's real. That's real. That's real. So when the devil comes to you and tries to lie to you and direct you and say, you've got to become someone else. And and, and you've got to go this way. And you say, devil, you're a liar. You're a counterfeit. I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to the voice of God. I'm listening to the voice of God. I'm, I'm listening to the wisdom of God. And I am anointed to hear that wisdom. Bryce, stand up right now, good buddy. I anoint you right now to hear the voice of God, to hear the truth. The Bible says, 1 John 2.20, that you are anointed to hear the truth, that you are anointed to hear the Lord, that you are anointed to hear the way of God. I got that this afternoon. I thought I was going to do that to you, buddy. Because when I pondered that scripture, the Lord said, stand Bryce up and declare that over his life. Yeah, when I was in my banana chair around my pool. (laughs) Gotcha, Lord. He said, right, you better. Let's all stand. God bless you. (laughs) When God leads you, he does so. Not by your carnal mind or by your flesh, but by your spirit. When you are born again, your spirit is born again. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Before you were born again, it never bothered you to do certain things. But now that you are born again, God is resistant. God is resident within your inner man and wants to make you like Jesus. I love this stuff. 
Lord, I pray that you would stir us up, stir us up, that we'd be led by the Spirit, that you would give us purpose, that we are bound by your Spirit, by purpose. Lord, I, we have purpose, each one of us, Lord God, I pray. If you don't have rest in your spirit about a relationship or a major decision that you are about to make, then I encourage you to give yourself some time to pray. The scripture goes like this, Isaiah 28, verse 16. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Young people, listen to me. Don't act hastily. Say, I'll think about it. Ponder at least 10 seconds. 15 if you can. I know it's good. Yeah, you are. Whoa, yeah. Let's. Oh, what are we falling off a pit for? Hey, this, hang on, I don't want to do this. I have learned that God is always right. If I follow his urgings, he never misleads me. This is a prayer, by the way. Receive it now. Lift up your hands. We're done. Remember, God has promised to give wisdom to his children if they will seek it. James 1.5 says you will find it. Wisdom. His desire is that you would hear his voice. God bless you, people of God. Let's stand right now. We are standing, but let's lift our hands. Yes, I know. Lord, I sincerely want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice like, like Bryce is going to hear your voice from now on. I want to hear your voice about my life, my destiny, every major decision in my life. I want to hear your voice. Lord, you gave me an internal compass to follow the true north for my life. Lord, there's four voices coming at me. There's the voice of the enemy. There's my voice. There's my friend's voice, but there's your voice. <coughs> Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. Sanctify my ears to hear your voice. Let me not fall foul to peer pressure, but let me stand in the day of temptation and being torn between friends and God's will. Let me stand strong, Lord, for you, God, I pray. I want to be a strong believer. I don't want to be deceived in these days by a counterfeit voice. And even you, Satan, as you try and tell me I need to be someone else, like you told Eve, that she should be someone else. Do you want to be like, like God, Eve? You can if you eat that apple. But hang on, I am like God. I'm made in His image. Oh. So, Father, I thank you for every believer in this house. Maybe you're not connected to God. Maybe you're not sure of your salvation. Maybe you're not sure that you're hearing God. I want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray for you right where you are. I want to pray that you'd be connected, supernaturally connected. If you want that tonight, just put up your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you without further ado. If you're having trouble hearing God's voice, just if you're having trouble hearing God's voice, put up your hand right now. God bless you. God bless you. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Any others? Put up your hand. I haven't got time to muck around now. That's good. That's great. People need to hear the voice of, of God. It's one thing hearing a preacher's voice hearing your mum and dad's voice, hearing the school teacher's voice, but you've got to hear God's voice. And they're all commendable voices to hear, don't get me wrong, but you need to hear the voice of God. So Father, right now, right now, in this place, I pray, every, every wall of division that is stopping this people from hearing God, it comes down by the blood of Christ. It comes down in the name of Jesus. Who's with me on that? Right now, that veil of hostility, it comes down. The Bible says there's a veil of hostility, but by the blood of Christ... It comes down right now. Lord, let me hear you in my sleep. 
in my, in my working days, in my leisure time, in the early hours, in the late hours, I want to hear you, Lord, and I want you to lead me on, guide me and lead me, and the people of God say, Amen. Let's give it up for Jesus. Amen. Woo! Wasn't that a great message? Wow. I'm going to buy the CD. CD's available. Guys, you're awesome. Fantastic. Is SG Youth on this Friday again? Yeah. It's on. It is. Did you want to say anything about it? or It's going to be massive. Is it the bonfire night? No, it's not. It's just, yeah, it's, it is truly massive too.